Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Henninger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the At Odds Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hemminger. It is Monday, March 26, 2018, and we have an awesome show in store for you guys tonight. In tonight's episode of the At Odds Podcast, we will be talking the NCAA Final Four, how shitty our brackets ended up being, what we think will happen next, and then, of course, the latest in the Odell Beckham Jr. saga with the New York Giants. So without further ado, let's bring in my trusty co-host for the evening, the man, the myth, the legend, silky smooth Brandon Sharples. How you doing tonight, man? Hey, pretty good, man. What's going on, guys? Got a fun show for you tonight. Uh, talking about how I have the worst bracket I've ever had in my entire life. I'm so glad I didn't put my a lot of I'm not in some crazy money league. Yeah. No, my 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 bracket's gotta be beyond busted. It's like as bad as Charles Barkley's. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it, it's pretty shitty, man. It's pretty bad. But uh on the other hand, I, I'm glad that Loyola made the final four. That's awesome. Another eleven seed. I actually just wrote another blog tonight about um, all the the four eleven seeds that have made it, which is the 1986 LSU Tigers, 2006 George Mason, 2011 VCU, and now 2018 Loyola Chicago, and I ranked them. I ranked them from best to worst, so that should be pretty sweet. And uh, it's a good read. I, I threw a lot of information in there for everybody and why I ranked them the way that I ranked them, so we can check that out. I'll post that later. But, uh, yeah pretty fun but uh yeah you know I, I i was scrolling through facebook today and something i i read it's kind of a twer- it kind of annoys me have you ever noticed that when people like book vacations or do something sweet they're always like ah just book my trip to rome uh anybody that's ever been there give me some ideas one two three go <laughs> it's like bro you know fucking damn well you're just going to Google that shit. You're going to travel off to do that shit. You have no interest in getting anybody's opinion from Facebook. You just want people to understand that you're about to do something awesome and you want them to know about it. <laughs> like It's always that like fake enthusiasm, that fake like looking for information. Like, bitch, this is 2018. Go fucking Google. You know damn well you're not getting any answers off of Facebook. It's kind of like people getting divorced. Like, I'm getting divorced. Can I get a good, uh, can Facebook tell me what a good lawyer is for me? Like, you just want everybody <laughs> to know you're getting divorced. You know, shit like that. I, have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. It's like, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. It's just attention seekers. I hate all the attention seekers out there. It's like, dude, it's awesome that you're going to Europe or you're going to the Caribbean or you're getting divorced. I mean, whatever the fuck you're doing. But do you really need, like, Facebook's, information from all your friends like one two three go tell me the best voice lawyer tell me the best travel agent like tell me the best places to go and fucking checks republic like no people ain't gonna tell you that shit on facebook like and you ever notice nobody ever answers them unless they're going to like florida or something but like nobody ever answers them when, when they're t- like telling everybody they're going to japan and shit like who the hell around here knows what the hell's good in japan to talk to your fucking travel people that you know that you booked a you booked a trip with Google. Fucking go, you can go to Ash Jeeves <laughs> for all I care. You can go old school with it, but you know, stop trying to like subtle brag that you're, you know, you booked all this shit. It's just like it's kind of pathetic in my opinion. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion on it. I I, I just find it funny. I laugh every time. Like sometimes I just want to make up like places. Like oh yeah, man, I've been to I've been to Austria. You should check out blah, blah, blah. You should check this shit out. Let me give you the exact address, and I'll give them the coordinates to some brothel. (laughs) 
It was like one of those hostels from the horror movies. Yeah, I'll give you this hostel address, but don't, it's kid friendly, I swear. <laughs> it's just like, this is so stupid. I just find that funny and I find it ironic. I don't know. I just, there's something I just read today. And I was like, man, these people need to get a grip, quit subtle bragging. It's nice. It's cool. I would, honest to God, I would look better upon it if they're like, hey, everybody, I just booked my trip to Rome. I think it's awesome. I just wanted you all to know about it and feel that uh, I'm doing something awesome. And I just felt like bragging about it. Honestly, if they were to do that, yeah. I would honestly be like, cool. It's the subtle. You have There's people right trying to be subtle with the humble brag. Yeah. Yeah, the humble brag, the subtle brag. It's just like, how about you just tell everybody that, look, hey, yeah. I just booked my like, trip. Like for me? I just want y'all to know about it. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't just want y'all to know before I go, before I go on the trip. I go on yeah. the trip, and then maybe I send pictures back while I'm there, and then I come back, and then I share shit while I'm there, saying, hey, look at the cool shit I did. It's not, boy, yeah. you guys can't wait to be jealous of me in two weeks. That's just <laughs> over the line. Yeah. Yeah, no shit, right? That's how I feel. I feel like <laughs> this is a subtle brag, you know, that the humble brag. It's just funny. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of find a, that like uh, it's on par with like, it's like on par with people that like, they do things like they'll give a homeless person a hamburger, but then they'll post a 10, a 10 minute, you know, Facebook video on it. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. two paragraph posts about how, awesome they are for doing that it's like you just basically yeah. fed a homeless guy so that you could brag to people on social media <laughs> so the real people aren't sharing it the real people that care yeah the real people aren't sharing it because if you like, post you know, it on got, facebook or social media that's about you not about them or not about 100 anything else you want you want people to feel that they they, they can uh you know be proud of you for helping the less needy but you know mm-hmm because I know a lot of people that have done that right in front of me and never said a word to anybody. And I know people that have, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess it's the, it's, you know, all, all comes back to that hum, the humble brag. So I just thought that'd be an interesting little quick, quick topic for people mm -hmm. to listen to. Yeah. Shit's kind I, of annoying. Uh, I got a, I got a slap in the mouth from a uh, reality in the past uh, couple weeks, actually. I haven't talked about it on the show yet, even though it's happened. Like we've had a couple episodes since it's happened. But uh, remember when Brandon Gerber was having his debut in comedy, uh, like he was yeah. opening for a, a show? Well, I drove down there yeah. and, to go watch him, but uh, it was like right after this huge banquet that I covered, and I ate way too much food. It was I had uh, I was it was late at night. I wasn't hadn't slept that well. Uh, I was on cruise control and I had the heat up too high and I was listening to Indian spring training game and Tom Hamilton was not the announcer. It was uh, Rosie, the guy that with the super boring voice and I yeah. fucking passed out driving. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what happened? Uh, I woke up as I crossed the rumble strip on route 23 and I sideswiped yeah. a guardrail with my with my recently purchased in this in the past six months uh ford fusion so damn bro did you get it fixed i haven't got it fixed yet i went and got an estimate and i couldn't believe what they told me because like the car still drives perfectly fine yeah but i mean there's just like some indents and some slight impact marks and the so it would happen on the driver's side um yeah oh shit and well i was on 23 so it was a it was a it was a separated highway so i was in gotcha. the the fast lane and i just went right over the rumble strip in the fast lane into a guard like and sideswiped the guardrail the guardrail was fine car was fine um but the exterior you know the body took some damage yeah and um nice basically there was like an impact mark on like every part of the driver's side like a little bit. Yeah. It's like nothing crazy. I could show you some pictures after the show. Um, but it didn't look horrific. And then I went and got it checked out and an estimate. What would you guess? I mean, you haven't seen it. But I'm, with my That's explanation. Like 4, yeah, six thousand. Six thousand. I bought the car for so you, I bought the car for fifteen. 
And, so you and, went into a food coma. You went into a food coma listening to a boring yeah. Indian spring training game, and that caused you to crash yep. your car into the guardrail. <laughs> it wasn't even a car. It was like, woke up as across the rumble strip, oh, shit, and then you just felt like a slight impact, and then I just stopped the car quick, checked the guardrail, and then kept going because the car was nice. fine. And You're like, like you I didn't even get a police tire. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, there, there was a slight scuff on the the hubcap too. So what did you tell um, your insurance company? What did you tell well, your insurance company? I haven't done it yet. I went. I, I've been shopping it at some body shops first. Um, oh. So I probably have to go turn it into insurance tomorrow because yeah. I'm probably just going to get it taken care of. Because I mean, since I just bought the car, I yeah. uh, I mean, I want to keep this for a while, and I don't want to drive it around with these dents and scuffs all over it for the next you know, yeah. eight years. I got to tell you, man, when I first bought my BMW, I had that thing for, I'd say probably three days. And mm-hmm. I worked at a pain clinic and I was parking the car and I park in the back, the back parking lot where all the doctors and shit park and other therapists and stuff. And you know, like the rebar that sticks up from like the cement blocks that are like at the end of a parking space. You yep. know what I'm talking about? Like the cement things. Yeah. Well, there's the rebar that sticks up. Well, I, my BMW kind of sits low. So I pulled up on it and the rebar, I, I went too far. The rebar caught underneath my front bumper, but I didn't realize it. I backed my BMW up and pulled my fucking bumper off. Like oh almost God. clean off. I had to jam that thing back on, dude. It was a nightmare. I was so mad. I just bought this BMW. I wanted a BMW my whole life. I finally got one. I was, you know, making good money and everything, and I just ripped my fucking bumper off. And well, yeah, I worked with like a bunch of really pretty, like, uh, hot Latina nurses, and they freaking came out and they're like walking out to the car to leave, and they're just like start laughing at me. I was so fucking embarrassed. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, but yeah, I ripped my bumper clean off, man. That shit cracked me up. It, it, now it cracked me up, but it pissed me off then. I was like, wow, what should I do? Like, I never made an insurance claim. I had this dude that I know that does body work in Arizona. He just he just popped some things off and popped it back on. But it's never been the same. So I did, like, a bunch of damage. And, like, there's, like, the front of the BMW underneath, there's, like, these little plastic things that are supposed to be for, like, perfect airflow. And that popped off. And, like, I've never had it again. And I, so I've had this car for, you know, how many years? But when I've only had it, you know, three days into me getting this car, I already lost a part of the bumper. <laughs> that shit sucks so bad. It was so shitty. I don't know, man. People do the dumbest shit when they get new stuff. Like, you don't don't even, I, if I get a pair of shoes that are new, like some new Nikes or something, I mean, they're not going to last more than one day without getting dirty. I know people that can, like, clean their <laughs> Yeah, that's what sucks years. is I was being, I was trying to be careful and, and I was just trying to be a good friend. You know, if I was a dick, I would have yeah. just went home and I'd have been perfectly fine. <laughs> it was like I got punished for being like, a good friend. So mad. When you told me you went, when you told me you went down to see Gerber, I thought you were gonna tell me some heckling story, like you got heckled the fuck out of or something. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't heckle him. Hey, how was that? Was that a pretty good set by Gerber or what? It was awesome. Like it was, and it was. I mean, they thought it was hilarious. I told them what happened. Uh, because basically I was halfway there and I just basically had a choice. I mean, the car was still running. I could turn around yeah. and just be angry at myself and fucked up the driver's side of my car a little bit for no reason. Or I could keep going to yeah. Chicago, uh, Columbus and watch Gerber anyway. And at least it fucked yeah, up my car well to do something. So that's what I decided. But yeah, he was great. And he's done a couple more since then. I haven't been able to check them out. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, he's got some potential. So... I'm looking forward to seeing him again, man. Nice. You, should, you should you should get Actually, down there and see him. No, I definitely will. I have every intention of doing that. You know, as long as as long as he's making strides, and I'll definitely support him, dude. I have no problem with that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's I think it's interesting because you know, remember I told you I was writing that comedy. I was like, maybe I should get some some Gerber's input. Maybe he can get bring up some fucking jokes for me. There you go. I think that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, he's always been funny, so I'm sure he's got some uh, good opinions that you could bounce some ideas off of. So, yeah, for sure. Anyway, 
let's get back to the whole point of tonight's show, which is the NCAA tournament. We are down to four teams. The winners of each region, yeah. Villanova, Kansas, Michigan, and Loyola, Chicago, baby. So a one, a one, a three, and an 11. And uh, I just want to say about Loyola, I mean, their first three games, they win by four combined points. All on uh, shots in the last 10 seconds of the game. And against uh, Kansas State, I think, was their last game. That was actually the worst team they faced in their whole run. Uh, The ninth seed was the lowest seed they faced. They faced the, the six, the three, the seven and then the nine. Um, I, and then they crushed them. Let me talk about that. Them. Let me talk about that real quick. The Now, I know that it seems like they had like an easy run. And I know that the seeding. I mean, they beat the teams. That, that I mean, the, the first two rounds were the tough teams that they were supposed to have to face. So, Well, yeah. Well, what, what I thought was that, you know, a lot of these other Cinderella teams knocked off like one seeds to get to the final four and – um, they all did actually, except for, except for Chicago, Loyola and, uh, or Loyola, mm-hmm. Chicago, but, um, all the, like, uh, 85 LSU knocked off Kentucky who beat them three times that year. And that was a one seed yeah. George Mason knocked off UConn. That was a one seed. And then, uh, that was one of my all time favorite NCAA tournament moments. Yeah. And then VCU knocked off, uh, Kansas, which is a one seed, but, uh, it seemed like an easy route, and I actually, when I started writing my blog, I had actually planned on talking about the easy run for Loyola Chicago, but then I started you know, really looking into things. I was really looking into things, and of the four teams that made it, only LSU in 1986 faced as many top 25 teams. So mm-hmm. of the four teams that, that uh, Loyola Chicago beat, Three of them were ranked in the top 25 to finish the season, the regular mm-hmm. season. Miami, uh, Nevada, and um, who was the Tennessee. other one? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, they were all they were all ranked top 25. Only Kansas State, who they just beat in the, in the lead eight, was unranked. So mm-hmm. All all the other teams, like uh, um, I know that. Excuse me, George Mason only had two ranked teams, including UConn. And the same with uh, same with um, VCU. They beat like number twelve Kansas. UNC, and then they beat number two Kansas. So yeah, I mean, at first it seems like at first glance it didn't seem like a, you know is is as improbable as the other runs, but they had a tough run, man. Like three top twenty five teams in in college basketball. That's it's pretty tough to do, you know, right in a row. So I thought that was pretty. I thought I think that their runs downplayed a little more because I, I saw some people, you know, posting comment sections and all they beat, all they did is beat the three, six, and you know, eight C or whatever it was. And I was like, mm-hmm. first you're kind of like, yeah, maybe that's I'm right. In love with those guys. I'm I, I, I hyped him up beforehand and I was talking about, uh, you know, Clay Cluster and, and that dude has been awesome for them throughout yeah. this whole run. He hit that game winner, uh, that one that hit the rim, then kissed off the glass and bounced in at the last second. Um, yeah. Like, they have just been so fun to watch. Yeah, he, he should he should get – he definitely – I think he got regional player of the, of the tournament, right, for that region. Yeah, he, He's tough. He, they had five losses this year, and three of them were within a four-game span at the end of uh, December, beginning of January, and he was – hurt and he missed all three of them so they only lost two with him on the court but three of their losses and there were two real bad losses to uh indiana state and milwaukee um but they uh they they lost that without their best player and you know when you get a a mid-major team like that the depth's not there so when your best player goes down you know you're gonna have losses like that so i i Mm -hmm. I think uh chicago's for real and i honestly think they have a good shot at beating michigan but they do. You know, they play, I mean, Michigan they play great very well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Chicago play uh they play real good defense. They're like top twenty in the country in defensive efficiency. Uh offensively, man, they're not very good on the boards and they don't and, but they're and they're kind of mediocre at the line and they don't get there that often, but they're really efficient from the three uh from the three point line. 
Like they they can hit threes. Like so I think they're the best uh, three point shooting team left in the tournament. But mm-hmm. I'm actually <laughs> I'm not as surprised that they're in the final four as I am that Kansas is. I know that that's crazy really? to say because you thought that Kansas had no chance against Duke. I thought Kansas. I think Kansas is not that good. Like I don't want to say they suck, but I thought they were one of the worst one seeds I've seen in a long time. In a long time, I didn't think they were and very especially good. Especially with they had the eight recent run that uh, Kansas had been on, uh-huh. where they kept getting eliminated in the Elite Eight, but they finally got yeah. over that hump with a team that was probably worse than the teams that got eliminated. Yeah, and I just I didn't think that I don't know. I just didn't think they were going to be that good. I really, truly didn't. And uh, I'm going to take a look at their things real quick right here. They, I want to see who, who their losses were to this year. But, uh, yeah, keep keep talking. I'm just looking real quick here. <laughs> well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Michigan. I knew that they were good. I mean, they went on a really hot streak at the end they won the big 10 tournament they uh, played some of the top teams in the big 10 very tough and it just seemed like as a young team that they really started to gel and get put it together right at the end of the season just on at the right time so i felt that they had a lot of momentum heading into the ncaa tournament so that's why i picked them to go to the final four and they ended up being the only team i got correct out of to make it to the final four I had Kansas and and Villanova in the Elite Eight, but I had them losing. And um, so I was clearly wrong about that. But um, looking at it now, I want to talk about who we think is going to win it all out of the teams left. And I'll just say personally, I think I underestimated Villanova a lot. I thought I knew they were good. I just, for some reason, I just felt they were overrated, but they have not looked overrated at all. They have not been intimidated by any one team. Uh, they have played very good basketball. West Virginia gave them a scare for one half, and then they blew them away. So I think uh, Villanova is the team to beat moving forward here. Yeah. And when we did our preview, I one of the few things I did get right is <laughs> – I said that I thought Villanova would run through that region. I didn't think anybody in that region was even close. I had I had them playing Florida in Elite Eight, which could have happened if Florida Florida barely lost to Texas Tech. They had they're actually mm-hmm. winning most of that game. But I had them playing Florida and I said they would crush Florida. I just think that there there yeah, there was no way they were gonna lose that that Elite Eight and I thought that uh, they're the most complete team in the in the entire tournament. Um, I said Virginia was probably the most balanced team, and I still think they probably were. But I think from, like, top to bottom, uh, Villanova is, you know, the, probably the best team because their offense is pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. I think they're going to I think they're gonna handle uh, Kansas pretty good. I'm obviously wrong on Kansas this whole tournament, but I had Kansas losing the second round, remember, to NC State. Mm-hmm. So NC State lost first round anyway, but. But yeah, I, I I didn't think that uh I didn't think that Kansas was gonna make it to the Final Four, so I'm surprised by that. Especially when they beat Duke. Uh, Duke, that was crazy. I thought Duke was gonna beat their ass. But uh, yeah, I, I still like them. it. I still like the fact it went to huh? overtime. So it went to overtime. So it's not like Kansas who oh, ran yeah, yeah. away with it. Duke was right there. They just Kansas did just enough. I would like to see Villanova and Loyola. I think that'd be sweet. I would love to see that. I really would. I want to see Loyola win the whole fucking thing. And people forget. Oh, me too. Loyola won a national championship. In like yeah, 62 like 63, or 63. I think. Yeah. It's got to be 63, so, I think. I mean, granted, that was when JFK was still in office. But still, <laughs> how sick yeah, would it and be they had a whole lot of if black a fucking people. Missouri Valley Conference school wins the whole fucking thing? And we, we've had yeah, – it's been close. We've had those underdog teams almost do it. You know, Butler made it Butler to the finals. Almost won. Yeah. Butler Yeah. Butler. Butler almost beat Duke. Duke. Remember that? Remember mm-hmm. Butler, uh, Grayson? Um, he threw yeah, – he, he, he had that – Yeah, he had that game winner he threw up, and 
He 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 hit the rim and everything. He almost made it to win the game. That would have been cool as fuck if Butler won the national title over Duke. That'd been super cool. But yeah. And then uh it, 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 yeah, good. every year that the uh Zaga, every year I think, that, made it to the finals last year, right? Yeah, they lost to UNC. North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, granted, Butler and Gonzaga have kind of become, you know, even though they're still from smaller conferences, they've kind of become national powers a little bit. Like yeah. Loyola has come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, they won a national championship forever ago, but I think this is their first time in the tournament since they won the national championship. Right? Yeah. No, I think they. I think they've been in it. I think they've been in it, but they haven't had a tourney win. They they okay. were in it in like the eighties. Okay. I think they made it in the eighties. Okay. Like it was like the first time in the tournament since like eighty six or some shit like that. But uh, well, like think about it. Like in who won it in eighty five or eighty six when LSU made this run, the three seed won it, Louisville, and then um, oh six when George Mason went to the final four florida won it as a three seed and then in 2011 i think duke won it as a three seed so maybe it's michigan's mm-hmm. turn to win it as a three seed <laughs> they could they could i think that's what happened i think i think that duke did win that in uh in 2000 let's look let's look 2011. I'm almost positive. Well, Michigan won hasn't won it since uh, Glenn Rice was uh, on the team. Banging. It's been a while uh, for them. Glenn Rice was banging. Uh, what the hell is that Alaskan governor? What's her name? Sarah Palin. Palin. Yeah. Sarah Palin. She. <laughs> oh, you know what? It wasn't. Duke didn't win it in 2011. Who won the national title in 2011? What's oh UConn? Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, it was. What's the? Were they the seven seed? No, they're. Yeah, they're the three seed. I knew it was a three seed. They beat Butler. So yeah, dude, it's it was always it was all three seeds. <laughs> Every time a eleven seed makes it to the final four, a three seed wins the national title. I put two and two together on that. I bet you nobody has. Maybe I should add that in my blog. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, all three seeds, man. All three seeds have won the national title. So I think Michigan's going to get in on this little curse or what? Yeah, it's not even a curse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty sweet. You kind of won it as a seven seed that like a couple years after that too, remember? Oh, yeah. But again, like, it was a seven seed, but it was UConn. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have that. Yeah, they had a good year that year. They uh, they beat um, like when I want Florida. Like a seven seed or lower to win the whole thing. I want that to be some school that you've almost never fucking heard of. That's what everybody kind of dreams of. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Like no, you remember that year sure. that the Missouri Valley Conference sent like schools to the NCAA tournament, like uh. They sent like Bradley and Southern uh, Illinois and Wichita State when they were still there, and I mean it was an Indiana State win, and it was sick. And the Drake Dragons, like I was, and Creighton was still in the the MVC. Like that's the shit Whoa. I get pumped for. Is for the those Missouri Valley in two thousand in two thousand eleven when VCU went to the Final Four, Missouri Valley mm-hmm. they sent three. Which is actually a lot yep. for that conference. They, yeah. So Old Dominion ended up winning the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, and they had they, they, they all three of them were good. George Mason won the outright title, and VC. This is this is what I don't get. I even wrote this in my blog. You got to check this out. So VCU in 2011 when they made the Final Four, VCU got fourth. They're fourth in their conference. Uh, for VCU the regular the season. No, VCU is in the Missouri Valley. And uh, so, uh, not the Missouri Valley. They're in the... Uh, God they're damn in the Atlantic it, 10. Getting... 
Not not when not when this happened. Oh. Not when not when they went to the final four. They weren't, I promise you. Okay. Um, okay. But uh I'll tell you in a second here. I'll tell you in one second here. Yeah, CAA, the Colonial League. Remember that Colonial Athletic Association? That's yeah, what they that, were. That was when George Mason was there too, right? Yeah, so this yeah, this is this is what happened. George Mason was the regular season champs. And I think they won like 13 three, no, they went six, 16 and 2, I think. I'm not on the page yet. I'm on a different page. Fuck it, I'm not even looking. They're like 16 and 2, just trust me. Old Dominion was like 14 right. and 4 in the league and VCU was like 12 and 6. So VCU was fourth in in the whole conference and then they didn't even win the conference tournament. They finished the they finished the season like 24 and 12 with no real signature wins outside of outside of Wichita State which I don't think even made the tournament. I think they won the NIT though. And then they had a, a couple wins over like Old Dominion and shit. But VCU never should have got uh, an at-large bid. They made it to the Final Four, dude. It's cool. Like, no one can take that away from them. But they never should have gotten the tournament to begin with. They had a terrible strength of schedule. Or they had a good strength of schedule only because the CAA that year was fucking awesome. Like, Drexel like had 21 wins. Like, uh, I think James Madison had a bunch of wins. Hofstra had a bunch of wins. Uh, Old Dominion and uh, George Mason, obviously, but George Mason got an at-large bid. Old Dominion got the automatic bid because they won the tournament. And then VCU somehow, some way, snuck in, and they had to play the in they had to play the uh, in-play game. So they're the first team ever. I think they're the only team ever to win five games and not win a national title because they beat USC to start that tournament. So it was pretty interesting, man. Like you, you, uh, you uh, VCU should never have been the tournament ever. They got some fucking crazy at large bid somehow, based on like their strength of schedule, their RPI up. Even though they lost twelve times, I'm not going to complain if they make it to the final four. Yeah, no, no, I'm not really complaining. I'm just, I, I, it's all hindsight now. But like, if you actually like look at it, they never should have went in there. And matter of fact, George Mason, when they got their at large bid, uh, they didn't have, they didn't have a very good. Um, resume either matter of fact they uh a lot of people like a lot of sports puddings and people online uh you know they wrote articles and shit about like the people that got in that shouldn't have been in and george mason was like the top of everyone's list of who should not have got in the year that they made the final four so same with vcu so both those teams got shit on and then they uh and then they you know they, they went to the final four it's kind of similar to this year like syracuse everybody was talking so much shit about Syracuse getting in, and then they went to the Sweet 16. They went a nice little run. Damn near. Yeah. Yeah, we should, nice we should on Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that uh, it's just interesting to see how that shit plays out. And what was sad is they were saying, I actually read this article today that was old. It was prior to the conference tournaments. And it was um, talking about Loyola Chicago and how um, it, it's going to be a travesty that if they get upset in their conference tournament, that their strength of schedule is not going to allow for them to go into the tournament. And it, it, it wouldn't have. They said there was a, a damn good chance that they would have missed the tournament if they got upset in their conference tur- tournament. Think about that, man. The thing mm-hmm. of it is, is that their conference, the Missouri Valley this year, is super, super shitty, like really bad. And, uh, it really hurt their strength of schedule. Like only two teams in their entire conference had 20 wins. It was Bradley and like, I don't even remember the other one. And uh, I remember Bradley made had the, a couple of teams, teams that made the tournament a few years back too. Yeah. Uh, like Steph Curry took him to the lead eight and shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude, like, yeah. But, but the, um, but yeah, no, George Mason and uh, like VCU, they left for the Atlantic 10. They're in there with like Xavier and shit now, but when mm-hmm. this all went down, they weren't there. They weren't there. Ugh. But yeah, so, but yeah, that's crazy. I, I'm picking Villanova to win it. 
I'm, I'm picking Villanova. I'm rooting for Loyola. Because seriously, that would be so yeah. insane if they win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Because that's the dream. No, that would be awesome. You really want you want that low seed just because you. Yeah, it's awesome when the low seed get an upset. But then what usually happens is they get all hyped up for the upset, and then they get the shit kicked out of them the next game. By usually yeah. by a team worse well, than usually beat. They got the whole week. They got the so, whole week to gather themselves. You know, yeah. they don't play till Saturday. Hey, you know what would be sweet though is if Loyola Chicago plays Villanova because Villanova is the the, the I think. I'm almost 100% positive. This. I don't even know why I say I think. Villanova won the national title as an eight seed. Mm-hmm. And they're the, they're the lowest seed to ever win a national championship. What if they play Loyola Chicago? That would be sick. And, that would be sick. So they'd have like a chance to to beat Villanova's like, you know, all-time mark. That'd be pretty cool. But you knew something crazy was going to happen in this tournament because there's no like great team. You know, Villanova was pretty good and Virginia's pretty good, but Outside of them, everybody had like eight to ten losses, and you know, except for the, you know, people like Loyola who you know played a shitty schedule and lost five and stuff like that. You had a couple of like eight loss teams, and I think what Michigan has like what seven losses, something like that. Mhm. Yeah, they're not too bad. But uh, I mean, Michigan clearly had a tougher schedule, but. Um, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, Loyola yeah. just. They're such a fun team to watch play. They have so many good shooters. They've got good ball handlers. They don't have a lot of interior play, but, I mean, they just make up for it with uh, everything they do on the outside. So, I mean, they're just so dangerous out there. So, I can't wait to see what happens. I mean, I really – I mean, obviously, I'm a Big Ten guy. It'd be awesome if the Big Ten wins it all. But I want Loyola to win just because you root for the underdog. And – like they were my team, they were my Cinderella. I picked them to go to the Elite Eight, and you know everybody is saying that you and me were like geniuses for making them go that far, but you know just didn't pick them quite far enough. And and I, I want to ride that all the way to the end. <laughs> I really just want to see them win it, man. Like it would just be so nuts. Like just think about it—a team that wasn't even ranked in the top twenty-five heading into the NCAA tournament wins the whole fucking thing. Oh yeah. Oh, All yeah, right. Dude. So I think I think we've talked some NCAA tournament to death. So let's move on to the other big news going on in the sports world. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, rumors swirling that the Los Angeles Rams, who just acquired uh, Document whatever the fuck Sue, uh, that they want to get Odell Beckham, and. Odell Beckham Jr. is having some issues right now with the Giants. Rumors that he wants to sit out until they give him a a big, bigger deal. He wants to be the highest paid player, least receiver in the NFL. And uh, and then also he's been getting in a lot of shit. I mean, there was that video swirling around of like whatever going on with drugs. Um, So, you know, do you think... Odell Beckham Jr. by the time uh, the 2018 season starts, is he going to be a New York Giant? Yeah, I think so. But but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I honestly think that the Browns should definitely be going for him. With all their trades, uh, with all their trades they've made the last couple of years and they acquired all those picks, this is what I would do with the Browns, if I were the Browns. Well, the, you can keep the well, number one pick. I'll explain pick. why they should have <laughs> You'll explain why they shouldn't. Yeah, after. Okay. Uh, well, let me let me explain why they should. They need to trade the number four pick and Corey uh, fucking Dickweed. Um, uh, what the hell is his last name? Coleman. Coleman. Corey Coleman. It's always late when I do these, and I always bl- draw blanks on these shitty Browns players, like. Prior last time we did the show, I, I blanked on prior. Corey Col- Corey Coleman is never gonna be, never gonna live up to that first round billing, I don't think. But he has enough potential that he could be some decent trade bait. I would trade Corey Corey Coleman, your number four pick, and if they want another pick, trade that too, and get Odell Beckham, and then therefore you have ODB, or you know you got you got the Beckham Jr. and Joku. Carlos Hyde, Duke, 
Josh Gordon, and Jarvis Landry. That is a fucking offense, dude. That's like one of the best offenses in the league, like in years. For real. Why would you, you know, what are you going to use that number four pick on? Barkley, fucking bust central, can't even hit a hole. Terrible yards per carry when he gets knocked at the line. Barkley is not going to be a game changer. He has Reggie Bush, but a little bit bigger. That's it. You know, freaking Barkley is not, and if I'm a Browns fan, I don't even want him, honestly. I would not want him. It's just a wasted pick in the top five. He's not and he's not as good as Ezekiel Elliott. He's not as good as Todd Gurley. He's just not. He just has freak metrics. We've seen this plenty of times. You need to trade the four the four pick and Corey Coleman and maybe a second rounder and take and take fucking ODB OBJ off of the freaking uh, Giants hand. Give him an extension. You have plenty of cap space. Now's the time to go for it. Then you just you still take Sam Darnold number one. So you have that fucking potent offense for an entire year to gel with each other, get Sam Darnold together, get him ready for a sophomore campaign, get him out there, and you have a hell of a team. Then you, all you have to all do right. is worry about getting your all together. Here's why I think that they shouldn't do it. They've already got Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry. Like, they don't need another superstar receiver. Like they've literally already got one of the best receivers in the NFL in Gordon when he's there. And it seems like he's got his shit together. I mean, he looked awesome at the end of the season and he has a completely different, you know, mindset and everything. And Jarvis Landry is that perfect uh, option when uh, Gordon's not open or when they want to, you know, distract or, if they want to use Gordon as a distraction, he's that perfect guy that they can throw to underneath. And then Corey Coleman can kind of be that, you know, mid mid range dude. He's a good route runner. Obviously he's had his issues with injuries, but I think he's had a bit of a bad break so far. I mean, he broke, broke his hand in his first two seasons each, each season. So yeah, I want to, I want to see how he looks when he's healthy. So um, I I think that he'll be a lot better. So, to, to, yeah, right. They're but, already going to be – they haven't even, like – I don't think they've extended Landry yet, but they're going to be investing a shit ton of money into Landry. They, they're not going to trade for him just to have him for a very short amount of time. I just want to make sure he's healthy. Anyway. But listen, if you well, can know, have one of the – like, If you can have one why, of the – Why invest that much money into receivers when, when they're already investing that much into Landry? I, I just I don't think – I think that would be a bit of a waste. How many like it, times – It would be a, a bounty of riches. It would be too much. No, it wouldn't. How many times are you going to get a chance to have one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league, a generational talent, come available because of certain issues in New York? Do the, do and the all you need have, to have a Beckham, a Landry, and a Josh Gordon on their team? Like, they don't even usually have one of those guys. I mean, clearly they've got Tom Brady. That's different. But I'm just saying, you don't well, need to have they, well, that many. No, because when they have that record-setting offense. I think Corey Coleman is perfectly fine with Gordon no, and Landry. Well, Corey Coleman can't catch. Away. Corey Coleman cannot he catch. He his hand both seasons. Oh, my God. He has, he's had, he has had brick hands since college. He is a one-trick pony. He's not a polished route runner. Corey Coleman is a he waste. is a polished route runner. What's his trick then? Uh, he's a he's a seam route or he runs a fade. He doesn't have any sort of he's not a route runner. He is worth that was one of his highlights. Was he was a good route runner? Like that was one of his like he's best attributes. He does not he is not a, a possession receiver at all. He's a deep threat. He's short too. I, I don't get that. I'm telling you right now, this guy is a bust. He's in. He's a first round bust. Corey Coleman is going to be maybe. I don't know if he'll ever top a thousand yards in his entire career. He may top a thousand well, he's yards. He's definitely not going to be topping a thousand with Gordon and Landry this year. But I think he'll still have a good season as long as he stays healthy. He hasn't had. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and it's been his hand issue. Not, it's not like his legs are falling apart. Beckham Jr. 
So why would you not want Beckham I just Jr.? Think I don't get it. Two costs, and he's going to be a huge distraction. You've already got Josh Gordon. I think him and I think he's going to be a bad influence on Josh Gordon. No, hell no. Josh when Johnny Manziel was there, really- that was horrible for Josh Gordon. I think you bring in Odell Beckham, it's going to be the exact same thing. Well, I don't know, man. I think you take your opportunities. I mean, you you, you don't. This is just too too convenient for the Browns. They have all the well, picks like, they need. They have all the cap space they need. right now are fine. They have other issues. They need a left tackle. Like is Joe there Thomas any left tackles? Right? Are there franchise left tackles coming up on the free agent market? Just, just oh, are, are coming up on the trade block? Maybe on the trade There's block. You never know. I doubt it. I doubt it. The NFL last year was the most trades I've seen in an NFL like trade deadline in years. It's usually pretty damn quiet for the NFL. Everything's usually in the off season, and I don't know any left tackles that are franchise left tackles that have not been locked down on long term contracts. Once you lock down a left tackle, he's there forever. There's very rarely do they come available, and they only come available when they get injured and they're getting a fresh start somewhere else, like Riley Reef for the Minnesota Vikings when they took him from from uh, from uh, the freaking uh, Packers. It's like you're never going to see that. So you're going to have to draft your tackle, and you have plenty of tackles, or you have plenty of picks to do so. And next year you'll probably be a 7-9 and nine team at best, and you'll probably have a pretty decent pick next year. And if you trade out of the four now, if you don't get OBJ, even if you trade out of the four, you'll you probably get a, a first rounder next year. You're gonna get your left tackle in the draft, either this year or next year. But right now, if you have all this all these assets and all this cap space and, and there's time there's sometimes you just gotta pull the trigger. And I I, I I respect your opinion on not taking them. I get what you're trying to say, but you can't base your uh your future on Josh Gordon, who keeps smoking pot and has been suspended for the last two years. You never know when he's going to relapse. So I wouldn't really base my decisions on Beckham Jr. being a bad influence on on Josh Gordon when Josh Gordon hasn't even played for two years because he's a dumbass. So I, I would get I would get Beckham Jr. just because uh, what if Josh Gordon fucks up again? Mm-hmm. And then now you got this well, guy. Well, that's what they also do have Landry. Landry is a possession receiver. He's not going to get you in the end zone. He doesn't go deep. Like, I'm all, I'm all about him. Like, I like him. I have no problems with, with Landry. I thought it was a great pick. I praised it. But he's not going to be – he's not your stud receiver that's going to move – you know, he's just going to move the chains for you. You need that go-to guy. And Josh Gordon is it. But you throw Odell mm-hmm. Beckham on the other side, like, Landry, he becomes less expensive. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So – I just think that I think it's too good for the Browns to pass up. I wish the fucking Vikings would go for him, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, now that they but, just you know. uh, opened the the oh, yeah. pocketbook they for spent- Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You haven't really had a chance to talk sure. much about them getting Kirk Cousins. What do you think about that? I I wrote about it. I wrote a blog about it. Um, yeah. I I haven't heard talk about it on the show though. Yeah, let me let's talk about it. Um, I like the fact that they got him. Now, I have not been a big Kirk Cousins fan, really. I've kind of shunned him a little bit here and there on social media. However, however, uh, there's a very short window for teams to be um, Super Bowl champions. I've seen it with the Vikings a couple times in my lifetime most notably late 90s and then late 2000s they had this had a window to win a super bowl they had one of the best law they had one of the best teams in the entire league and they just missed it and like we were talking before how rangers you know i saw them with a four-year window to, to win the world series and they blew it and you know indians you're telling me the indians are coming to the end of their window and they are well the vikings right now can't possibly be better than what they are right now as far as what they've done building that team through the draft and through free agency. They almost made the Super Bowl last year. They they were not they got blown out by the Eagles, but they were not that much worse than the Eagles. Just one of those games where they got blown out, you know it happens. But they're not that far off from the Eagles. And uh 
they just added Sheldon Richardson, and so that defensive line is going to be fucking ridiculous. That defense is going to be even better than it was last year. You, the missing piece is quarterback, and I know everybody says Case Keenum played well. You need more than that. No, Case Keenum, he played risky. He gun slung the ball all over the place irrationally and got bailed out. I didn't like the way Case Keenum played that much. I thought he did well, but at the end of the day, he's not the, he's not the quarterback that's going to continuously put those kind of stats up for you. He's a you know he's a, a a backup, and that's what he is. And if he goes to Denver, he, well, he just went to Denver. I hope he does well there, but don't be surprised if he comes back to earth a little bit. And I think that Kirk Cousins consistently put up numbers. He's consistently throwing over 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns, and he did that with a really terrible supporting cast. Um, look at his receivers. Pierre Garcon was his best receiver. And he had Jordan Reed healthy for about 40% of the snaps. So, and no run game whatsoever and a crappy offensive line. And he can run decent for a, for a wide guy. He slings the ball all over the place. He fits perfect in our system that we have. And uh, people say we overpaid for him, but no, we didn't. Because you want to know something? We didn't lock him into a five-year backloaded deal. We locked him into a three-year deal pay- paying him $29 million a year. That's fine. He can be the highest paid quarterback for three years because that's where his window is. That means we're not locked in when he's out of his prime. We're only paying him when he's in his prime. So I think it's okay to overpay for him in this QB market because he's he was the best option out there. He's got that three to four year window of his prime left, which is where we're paying him. We're not signing him this big five or six year deal. It's a three year deal, so you're getting the, your money's worth. You know, you're not paying him when he's out of his prime like these other quarterbacks get. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks are getting five, six-year deals and getting paid out of their prime a ton. I'd rather pay him in their prime and a lot more. So I think that for us to capitalize on our window, we had to get the best quarterback available, and that's what we did. And if it doesn't pan out, who gives a shit? Because who else were you going to have as your quarterback? I would rather fail trying than us stand pat trying to make a career backup into our savior in Case Keenum and shitty Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm glad we got rid of all those guys. They're all busts. And I, uh, maybe Case Keenum isn't a bust, but Teddy's a bust, and, and, and uh, Bradford can't stay healthy. So you've got, um, you got that, that small window, and, and, and I think that Kirk Cousins is the, is the guy that could probably bring us over that hump. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. But I'm all for taking that chance. And that's when I was talking about when I wrote my blog. Uh, the, a lot of people, like, I got a lot of messages on that one, probably the most out of all of them. And uh, a lot of people didn't they didn't think that they, he should have been overpaid. And then they read my blog, and then they realized that maybe I make a little bit of sense that, you know, you do overpay for a certain time. If you're uh, – if you are – say you're like the Buffalo Bills, and you're not close to winning uh, an, AFC, or an AFC championship – you don't pay for Kirk Cousins. If the Jets would have got Kirk Cousins, they would have overpaid for Kirk Cousins and they would have made a huge mistake because he is not the piece they need. The Vikings, on the other hand, this is a team that you do overpay because you have all the other pieces. So you overpay for that last piece, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the teams that go and overpay for a quarterback that are sitting 4-12. and 12. Or, you know, or two and fourteen, that think they're still they're going to waste all their cap space on a quarterback when they don't have the other pieces. Those are the teams that are stupid and overpaying. But the teams like the Vikings and, and other teams that have overpaid for these quarterbacks, like Denver when they got Peyton Manning, kind of at the tail end of his prime, they you know they overpaid a little bit for him, and uh, but it worked out. They won a Super Bowl. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think that. Uh, you know that's that's the way it is, and I, I think the Chiefs like they blew a lot of money getting Joe Montana. So you know you don't want, you know certain teams. It's okay for certain teams overpaying. It's not okay for others. It's 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 not it's objective, you know. And uh, there, Brian. Well, I want to get back to to Beckham a little bit. Um, yeah. With him saying that he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. 
and he is still on his last year of his deal, I think. Do yeah. you think he gets paid, or do you think he just holds out? I think he ends up working out a deal with New York because they're in rebuild mode, and they and they can't really afford to lose him. That's like their centerpiece, you know what I mean? They're trying to rebuild, and they got Davis Webb trying to rebuild around that young QB, and they may draft another one, and they're going to need some pieces for him. And, you know, I think that I don't think they want to lose him. So I don't think he's going to go to the Browns or anywhere else. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a possibility because people get greedy, and you, you never know. I think New York. I think New York wants to keep him. So I think at the end of the day, he'll be at New York and they'll, they'll just restructure yeah. his deal. And All right. That's... Final part of the question. Should he be the highest paid receiver in the NFL or is there someone better that deserves to be paid more? Yeah, I think he should be. You think right now he's the best receiver in the NFL? Mm, the most talented. I think that uh, he just has he's had Eli kind of toward the tail end of his prime. He's got no running game, no no complimentary the receiver. Every receiver that comes over is just like old as fuck <laughs> at, mm-hmm. at the end of their prime. And um, they have Evan Ingram, who's who's a really good tight end, who's going to have a huge year next year. Um, it's just. Yeah, Beckham Jr. is the best receiver in the NFL. I'm a huge Julio Jones fan, but Julio's a little bit limited in what he can do. Like, he's super fast, and uh, you know, but he he drops some balls, man. And uh, I think about Antonio Brown. Antonio, I would still say Antonio, Antonio Brown's better. Yeah, maybe. Like he he can take over games. Yeah, he's got football speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I still think o, Odell Beckham Jr. is the best receiver in the NFL like, talent. Didn't wise. Beckham Jr. only play like healthy three games last year or something? Isn't that a concern? He, he blew his knee out. Well, he, he played mm-hmm. more than three games. Well, he, I, played, he, played he played more, but I'm saying like full participation, like in can in practice that week, at like full participation in the game wasn't limited at all. Like he only had like three full games. Yeah, probably. But he also he threw up a couple monster games last year. Like he had like a yep. two hundred yarder, I'm pretty sure. But uh yeah he, so, he I isn't that a bit of a concern like if, for if you're willing to throw down like with uh some of his off field incidents and his attitude Injury. and and injuries. I I will give you the injuries. I think that 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 is a red flag. It could possibly, it definitely could possibly uh, change the dynamic of who pays him. Um, I don't know, man. I just think from a talent wise, talent perspective, he's probably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because last year he had three hundred two yards for the whole season. Yeah, because he only had a couple. He only had a couple healthy games. I mean, yeah, he had three awesome years before that with yeah. 1,300, 1,400, and 1,300 yards and at least 10 touchdowns every year. I think he had the most so, yards through three seasons. Yeah. No, he's, he's awesome, man. Antonio Brown came on a little bit later. So I, I think, mm-hmm. I think you know, if you, if you get a healthy OBJ, I think that uh, he's going to light up the fucking league. <laughs> Well, I think he needs to go. I think he needs to leave. I think he needs to leave New York, but I don't think New York's going to let him leave. But if I'm New York, yeah, or he if needs I'm, to get away from me, like, to be honest. Yeah. Did you say that the Rams were looking at him? Yeah, that was like the the rumor was that the Rams were interested. Oh, are they, where are they getting the money? They signed like half the league. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably maybe they're just trying to sell it out just to get one big championship run. For one year, dude, they have to. Plus, they're in LA, the dude. I think they're, trying to, they're trying to build that brand. And isn't that too. where Beckham is in the off season? It's LA. I have no idea. I don't know on that. I'm I really sure. don't know. Yeah, he might. Rams would be pretty pretty slick, man. Because I think that 
they got uh, Cooper Cup, Hello White. Yeah, just, like just second coming off Walker. To Beckham. Yeah, it's a big arm too. I love Jared Goff, but no, that'd be a good fit for him too. And I think that the Browns would be a good fit if he can go there. But I doubt he wants to go to Cleveland. But him and Landry are super good friends, so maybe I think they're like in their when like I think Landry got married and Beckham was at his wedding. Mhm. Yeah. All right, man. I'm yawning. Yeah, I think that's a good way to close out the evening. Um, I do want to finish with uh, a gem. I did, uh, you know, spend the weekend being a complete waste of, waste of space and watching a lot of uh, TV. So I have something for you guys. So here is Hem's gem. <laughs> Yeah, Netflix wasn't enough for me. I do have an Amazon Prime account too. So with that, you get you know the Amazon shit, which some of it's good, but you also get like the HBO stuff, like all the old sweet HBO stuff. And I finally got around to watching a show that I've been wanting to watch for a really fucking long time, uh, Deadwood. I am on like seven episodes into the first season of Deadwood, and it is fucking awesome. It's an old school western. Uh, about a town, a prospecting town in the Wild West in an Indian reservation territory, so there are no laws. I mean, it is just badass. Like, basically anything goes, and it's about uh, just dudes selling, gambling, and pussy, and all kinds of shit, and murdering, and it is, it's awesome. And it's like where uh, Timothy Oliphant got his start uh, if you know him, he was like the lead yeah. character on Justified, and now he's in the Santa Clarita Diet, and he's been in some movies and shit. Um, but it's just an awesome show. Like going back and watching it, like you recognize so many actors and actresses. I think it's uh, a really underrated show, and it actually ended at three seasons without a finale. Like HBO just like cut it. But a lot of people got really pissed off, and they're uh, actually going to be making a movie, finally, like way later. But they're actually starting production on a Deadwood movie this year. So they're getting the whole gang back together for uh, a a satisfactory conclusion to Deadwood. So now is the time. If you never got around to watching it, you you should watch the first three seasons of Deadwood and then in time for the movie, which will probably come out in 2019. So you heard it here first. Go check out Deadwood if you have not already. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yep, everybody check out bellyupsports.com. Blogs are up. Um, we got some new shit coming on there. And uh, at Belly Up Sports Twitter and Belly Up Sports Facebook. And we're getting our Instagram together once we get these videos edited and everything. So, yeah, yeah. man, that's all I got for you. All right, and then make sure to obviously check out the At Odds podcast Facebook page, our SoundCloud page, and our YouTube page. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you with a special baseball edition of the podcast tomorrow night. So we will be hyping that up tomorrow. Tune in live at 10 p.m. We will be previewing the 2018 MLB season. Do not want to miss that. So without further ado, it is Mega Man time, baby. 